All right, Jabo, say good morning. Let us begin by uh, by thanking our sponsors to thank our Torah sponsors for the month of Iyar, Yonah, and Shushi Ehrenfeld for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in memory of Yonah's grandfather, Yosef ben Shmuel Aaron, Mark Karstadt for dedicating the Shurim and Drashos this month in memory of his mother, Hanabas Shragai. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors, the Kiwi family, in honor of all of the men who attended the Shiva Minyonah for Mr. Kiwi, Ari and Shoshana Lerner, in honor of the Bar Mitzvah, of their son, Yosef Chaim, and Meretz Hashem being celebrated, this coming Shabbos, and in commemoration of the yard site of Rabbi Chaim Givantman, the first row of the shul, Morinar Av Chaim, Fridl Ben Rabbi Yitzchak Dov. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Natan and Leah Berry, in commemoration of the yard site of Leah's grandfather, Herman Binder, Avram, ben Chaim, Avram Chaim Ben Gidalio, and the Plonka family, in commemoration of the yard sites. This is incredible today, of the Ramah, Moshe, Rav Moshe Ben Yisrael Israelis, and Rashbi Rabbi Shon Bayochai. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamos have an Aliyah and, and the families in Echam. And say, of course, it goes without saying. That we dedicate our learning today. As a schos for the Aliyah of the Neshamos. I think now they're counting 44 people who were killed in Meron. And the many who were injured, it's, you know, there's, a, there's an amazing Gimar Masecha Sokah. I was thinking about this last night when I could, just could not sleep trying to comprehend. There's a, there's a Gimar in Sukkah on Daf Memheim at base. Listen to these words. Am Rabbi Yermiya Mishum Rashbi. Rabbi Shem Bayochai said as follows. He said, Yochol. Yochol ani liftar es kola olam kulo minadin, miyom shinivresi ad ata. Bishon Bayochai said, I, with my merit, I could absolve the entire world of din, of justice, of judgment, from, from, from miyom shinivresi, from the day that I was born, until now. Until now. Ve'el mali Eliezer bini imi, and if my son Eliezer was with me, we would be able to absolve the world of din, of judgment, from the time the world was created up until now. And it was amazing to see, overwhelming to see. Here Rashbi is saying, it wasn't a statement of gaiva, it's not arrogance that Rashbi was saying that. Who was like Rashbi? And the incredible and overwhelming tragedy that as precious Jews went to commemorate the yard site at such a significant place, such a holy place, that's such a, such a dramatic and traumatic loss of life. It's incredibly overwhelming, incredibly overwhelming. We know that when terrible things happen, Chazal tell us, Yifash Fesh B'masov, person has to introspect. Who knows why tragedies happen, but for something so terrible to happen on such a day of Simcha, right? this is the day when the students of Rabbi Akiva stopped dying. This is the day when death stopped. And at the notion for Klaali so now we have 44 new Karbanos. 44 new Karbanos. And amongst them, they're saying children as well. 
We just hope that Emir Tzashem, their Nisham should have an Aliyah. Those who need a Rafua should have one together with Kol Choli Yisrael. Michael Engbaum just gave me the name of someone in his grandson's class, Yosef Azriel Ben Chaya Michal. We just daven. We just have to daven. We have to daven that Emir Tzashem. That he will welcome those neshamas into Gan Eden. That he will care for them. That just as Rabbi Akiva spent the first 33 days of the Omer comforting the families of his students. right? Remember, what did Rabbi Akiva do for the first 33 days of the Omer? He was going from Levaya to Levaya. He was going from base Avel to base Avel. And now the neshamas of Rabbi Akiva... And Rashpi will have to go to 44 new Bate Ava. But hopefully, again, they, the Ribbon Shalom, will bring the Chama to these families. Or bring the Chama to Am Yisrael and Amir Sashem. Just make us yearn even, even more and even more intensely for the coming of Mashiach, for the removal of all this pain. And Amir Sashem, when we can finally reach a time where days of Simcha will just be days of Simcha. So hard to live in a world. This is what it means to live without Mashiach. To live without Mashiach means that even when you come to a Yantiv, you're not sure what it's going to be because you live in a world of such uncertainty. Such uncertainty, but that's why we need Mashiach so badly. Mm. You know that when a Lagba Omer comes, when a Yom Tev comes, it's going to be pure and unadulterated Simcha. So, in the schus of these Neshamas, we will redouble our learning, we'll redouble our Tfilos, we'll redouble our Chas, we'll redouble our Tzedakah, and the Mir Tashem in that schus. Ensure an Aliyah for their Neshamas, an Aliyah and a for their Mishpachas, and the Mir Tashem bring Mashiach a little bit closer. All right, Debo said, let us begin. Today's daf is Yotes, and we are going to begin in Mirza Hashem on Yudchesim with Beis. 18b. We have an incredible Gemara ahead of us. You're going to need your Beis HaMikdash map. It's always a schuss to pull out the Beis HaMikdash map in Mirza Hashem. So we are picking up. Continuing in the education process of the Kohen Gadol. Masrua Zikne Beis and the Zikne Kuhuna. So the Gemara discusses the idea that, remember again in the last Mishnah, in the last Mishnah, the Zikne Beisin, the elders of the Beisin were educating the Kohen Gadol. So now again they gave him over to the Zikne Kuhuna, to the elders of the Kuhuna. And what did the elders of the Kuhuna do? So the Gemara says, Ve'alua Beis Avatinas. They brought him into the Avatinas chamber. Again, we'll discuss it. But remember, again, we learned about the Avatinas family. We saw about them. We learned about them in Mesechah Shkalim. Remember, again, Avatinas family, what did they do? Anyone remember? Ketores. Right, Ketores. They were in charge, they were in charge of the Ketores. So we're going to see now the Kohen Gadol is going to be educated in the, in the realm of the Ketores. V'nifteru v'holchulahem. And Abel say, so remember again, after the Ziknei Beisdin, after the Ziknei Beisdin handed him over to the Ziknei Kuhuna, Ziknei Kuhuna, you know, took him to the base of Atinas to learn, to learn the Ketores. But before they took leave of the Kohen Gadol, they said as follows, Amr lahem ishi Kohen Gadol, anu shluchei Beisdin va'ato shluchenu. Kohen Gadol, Kohen Gadol, you are our, you are, oh, excuse me, anu shluchei Beisdin, we are the emissaries or the agents of Beisdin, 
and you are our agent. So they said, you know, we, we the Rabbanim, we're the agents of Beisdin, and you're our agent. We, we, we adjure you, right? We make you take a Shavuah. So also we're going to see, they make him take an oath. And what was the oath? The oath was, the oath was that you should not change any part of the Avodah. They should not take, they should not change any part of the Avodah. They're both, so we're going to see that what the concern was, was the potential that the Kohen Gadol was a Tzeduki. Remember again, the Tzedukim did not believe in Tarah Shabbatah. They did not believe in the verbal tradition. So because of that, we're going to see they did the Avodah of the Ketores in a fundamentally, can I drop it just for a tissue? Thank you. They, they went ahead. Thank you. They went ahead and they did the Kitoras, thank you, in a fundamentally different way. So what's amazing is the, the Zikne Beisdin would make the Kohen Gadol take a shvur, would make him swear that he was not going to do anything different in the Avodah than what they had told him. So what happened? So the Gemara says, Hu bocha. At this point, the Kohen Gadol would cry. And the Zikne Beisdin, they would cry. Everybody would cry. The Gemara is going to discuss why they cried. Supposedly, now the Gemara discusses what the coin. Remember, we already established in the last Mishnah that they would not let the coin Gadol sleep the night of Yom Kippur because they did not want to risk him having a seminal emission. So they kept him up. How do you keep the coin Gadol up the entire night of Yom Kippur? If he was a Tamut Chacham, Doresh. He would darshan. Right? He would give a shear. And if he wasn't such a Tamut Chacham or couldn't give a shear, then people would teach him. And if he knew how to, if he, right, if he regularly read, as well says, it doesn't mean a novel, right? If he regularly read, you know, Torah, Chumash, Nevi'im, so, so, Kore, then he reads Chumash, Ve'im Lav, Koran Lefanov, and if not, they would read before him. Ube'mah Koran Lefanov, what would they read before him? So the Gemara says, Be'iov, Ube'ezra, Ube'divrei Hayamim. So I will say, what would they read before him? Let's put it this way, it wasn't really selections from Chumash Vayikra, as much as we love Vayikra, right? It wasn't sections of Karbanos, because that would they had to read to him things that were going to keep him up at night. So Eov, Eov, you know, Ezra, Divri Hayomim, Yechazkel, Zechariah, so I'm sorry. So th- these are all the more esoteric parts. Like obviously Eov is a story of profound suffering, but even that, the idea is things that will captivate a person's attention. Zechariah ben Kavutol, Omer, Pamim Harbe Karisi, the fun of Bidaniel. This is incredible. Zechariah ben Kavutol said, many times I read before the Kohen Gadol, and I read before him in Sefer Daniel. Right, so we'll say, remember again, so Sefer Daniel is also very esoteric discussions of Nevuos concerning Mashiach, Geula. Good, that's the Gemara. So we'll say, top of your test. Tana. So we'll say, remember again, the first part of the Mishnah taught us that the Zikne Beisdin handed over the Kohen Gadol to the Zikne Kahuna, and the Zikne Kahuna took him, the first step was Beis Avatinas to go ahead and learn the Kitores. So, Tana, Lelamdo Chafina, to teach Nabosa the process of Chafina. Now, remember again, the Kitores service was one of the most complicated in Yom Kippur, because remember what the Kohen Gadol had to do. He had to walk in, we're going to discuss this in great depth, not here, a little bit later on in the Masechta, he had to walk in holding two things. He had to walk in holding a fire pan, which essentially is like a small shovel with coals on it, and a ladle with, or a big spoon, with ketores, with the incense. He walked in with both of them into the ketores. And in the ketores, he would have to go ahead and empty the ladle onto the fire pan, ultimately again, but without spilling 
any of the Kitoras. So I will say, how do you get Kitoras out of a ladle, right? When the, remember, and you need two hands to catch the Kitoras, right? So you have to get the Kitoras from the ladle into two hands. And by the way, no one else is there. Right, so the Kohen Gadol has to do this all by himself. That's called the process of Chinyan So also, you can imagine, it, it, was, it was an incredible skill to be able to, to maneuver that, and you can't spill any of the Kedoras. So that's why they would take him to the chamber of Avatinas to teach him what we call the Avoda of Chafino. Rapapa Amar, Shei Lishkos Hayil the Kohen Gadol. say this is incredible, and here we're going to get into a little bit of the Liyana of the Beis HaMikdash. The Kohen Gadol had two chambers in the Beis HaMikdash. Achos Lishkas Parhedron, one was called Lishkas Parajan, which we learned about in the first Mishnah. The Achos Lishkas Beis Avatinas. And one was the Lishkas Beis Avatinas, right? One ultimately, again, was the Avatinas chamber. So the Gemara is referring to both of these as the chambers of the Kohen Gadol. Achos B'Tzafon Achos B'Darim. One was in the north, one was in the south. But ultimately, again, the Gemara, and one was in the north, one was in the south. This is not because we learned. Vav Lishkos Azar. Both say there were six chambers in the Azara. Gimel B'Tzafon and Gimel B'Darim. Three in the north and three in the south. Shebedarim, the ones in the south, were Lishkas HaMelach, Lishkas HaParva, Lishkas HaMadich. And so both say, so just to show you what we're talking about over here. So if you, if you use this picture of the Beis HaMikdash, Shabbosai, again, I don't want to give away the conclusion of this Gemara, but I do want to orient you. So remember again, we're now talking south in the Beis HaMikdash. So this is south. So just if you're looking on this image, we're looking now at chambers Tesvav, Tes Zayin, and Yud Zayin. Right? So the bottom here, you can see it over here, bottom center. These are the three chambers we're discussing over here. So what are the three chambers, the Gemara says? They were... Right, Shabadaram, Lishkas Hamelach, Lishkas Aparva, Lishkas Hamadichin. Okay, what were each of these chambers used for? Lishkas Hamelach, the chamber of salt. And I both say you could see over here, Lishkas Hamelach is Tes Vav on your sheet. Tes Vav. Lishkas Hamelach, Shisham Hayunos Hamelach al Karban. And I both say, because that's where they would keep the salt for Karbanos. Remember again, the halacha is Al Kol Karban Takriv Melach. You have to put salt in every single carbon. You need, you need an incredible amount of salt. So they would keep that again. So again, you see that? That's here. Tesvav. Tesvav lishkas hamelach. That's where they would keep the salt. Lishkas haparva. What happened? Lishkas haparva. Shesham hayumochin oros kachim. That's where they would salt the hides of carbono. So I'll say lishkas haparva is tesvayim. Tesvayim. Right over here. Lishkas haparva. That's where they would go ahead and salt the hides of carbonos. Next, the Gemara says, And I both say, if you notice, by the way, this is, this is box Yudchas. You can see Yudchas over here, which is in the middle, with a little circle on top of it, and it's colored in blue. That's a mikvah. That's a rooftop mikvah. Right, some people have rooftop pools. Beis Hamikdash had a rooftop mikvah, and it was an infinity mikvah, by the way. Right, right. So they had, he had, he had, a, he had a mikvah, he had a mikvah on the roof, and I will say again, that's where the Kohen Gadol used for the tevilas on Yom Kippur. Good. Next, so the Gemara says, Lishkas Hamadichin, and the last one was Lishkas Hamadichin. I will say that's Yud Zayin. That's Yud Zayin. So the Gemara had Lishkas Hamadichin. Shomayu Madichin Kirve Kadshe Kadoshim. So I will say ultimately again, that's where they cleaned out the innards of the animals of Kadshe Kadoshim. Umisham Mesiba Ola Legag Beis Haparva, and there was also a staircase there that led to the Beis Haparva. 
Good. So I'll say, so which I'm not in your Zion, I'll say in your Zion, which you can see is the Lishka Samadichim. So just so you understand over here, Yudzayin Lishka Samadichim. How would you access the rooftop mikvah? There was a staircase. The staircase was in Lishka Yudzayin, what we call Lishka Samadichim. That's how you accessed the rooftop mikvah. So we'll say, those are the southern chambers. Southern chambers in the base Amitosh. Gimel Shevet Safan. There were three chambers in the north. Lishkas Ha'itz, Lishkas Hagola, Lishkas Hagozis. So we'll say three chambers. Let's go through each of them. Lishkas Ha'itz, the chamber of wood. Amr This is interesting. Rabbi Lezben Yaakov said, I don't remember what it was used for, the Lishkas Ha'itz. Abashal says, no, 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 that was Lishkas Koingal Haisa. So we'll say, Lishkas Ha'itz is actually another name for the Lishkas Parhedrin. So we'll say, so just to understand, the cluster we're looking at now is Yutes, Chaf, and Chaf Aleph. The three boxes on top, the right, the three chambers on top over here. So we'll say, so the chamber we just described now was Lishkas Parhedrin, is Chaf. Is Chaf. It's also called Lishkas Ha'itz. That's what it's called. So the Gemara said, but that was Lishkas Koingadol Haisa, Achorish Tehen. And that Lishkas Ha'itz, we'll say, Chaf was behind the other two. You can see Chaf is situated kind of to the side of Yutes, quote-unquote behind Yutes, and behind Chaf Aleph. So the Gemara says, V'gag shloshton shava. Then I will say, interestingly enough, as opposed to the three chambers, the cluster of chambers on the southern side, where they did not have equal roof lines, the chambers on the northern side, right, the Lishkas, the Lishkas Ha'itz, the Lishkas, the Lishkas Hagozis, and the Lishka Sagola, which we'll discuss, all had an equal roof line. So the Gemara says, and what happened? The Gemara says, Lishka, uh, so Gag Shoshan Gag Shoshan Shava, Lishka Sagola. So we'll say, so so far I have Lishka Sa'it. So just to understand, Lishka Sa'it is what we called before Lishka Sparhedrin. Lishka Sparhedrin, same thing. So next, Lishka Sagola. What's the Rabbos? So literally, the Lishka Sagola means the chamber of, of the diaspora. What is that? Sham Haya Bar Hagola. Rabbos say, in that chamber, was a very large water cistern. Vagalga, or, or uh, yeah, well, Vagalga Nosun Alav, there was a pulley system that was there. Misham Maspikid Maim Lechal Azar. And say that's where, that was the water source for the entire Beis Hamikdash compound. Lishkas Hagazis. What happened, Lishkas Hagazis? We'll say that is, that is chamber Yudtes. We'll say, I want to tell you the exciting part about this. You know, often when we look at the Beis Hamikdash, so of course it's incredible, it's amazed, but to be honest, we can't, we don't know how to navigate our Yerbosei. It is so important to learn how to navigate your way around the Beis Hamikdash. You don't want to get there when Mashiach shows up, right? And suddenly not know where to go. Again, this is assuming the Bayesh Lishi will have the same layout as the Bayeshini. You want to be able to walk into the Beis Hamikdash in Meretz Hashem. I mean, again, if you're, you're, if you're a Yisrael like me, we're not really going anywhere, right? All that much. We're, we're kind of this thing right about here. This is the extent. But especially if you are a Kohen or a Levi, you have that schus. You want to know exactly where to go. You have to know your way around the Beis HaMikdash. This, this, this is the Iker. So this is very exciting because we often see these pictures, a lot of boxes. Okay, I could read the names, but now we're mamish going to know. By the time we finish Yuma, we're going to know explicitly the real layout of the Beis HaMikdash. So we'll say, Lishkas HaGazis. This is chamber Yotes, the chamber of hewn stone. What is that? Shabbos is incredible. Sham Haya Sanhedrin Shal Yisrael Yosheves Vedana Sakohanim. Both say the Lishkas Hagazis, remember again, was the home of the Sanhedrin. Now the Sanhedrin, the high court of the land, performed many functions. 
but amongst their primary functions vis-a-vis the Beis Hamikdash was going ahead and adjudicating lineage. Or really, I should say, better, better wording is establishing lineage, right? If you were a Kohen, and you see what I said today, today, remember, you roll into Shul, and the Gabbai asks you, Kohen Levi Yisrael, and you say, Kohen, and the Gabbai says, Okay, right? And there's, that, that's it. And there's, there's no papers, please. You know, there's, there's, there's no certification. And it's fine, because it's an aliyah. And if you're not a Kohen, and you're saying you are a Kohen, it's on you. It's on you, right? And you, you go up to Dochen, and you say you're a Kohen. Okay, it, 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 it's on you. In the Beis Hamikdash, in the Beis Hamikdash, we do not allow Kohanim to do anything unless their lineage is certified. You have to be a certified Kohen. And to do that, we have to do a Yichos check. Because we'll say, we, do, we can't have people who are not certified doing the Avoda. The same way that we can't have people who aren't certified partaking of Karbanas. So one of the primary responsibilities of the Sanhedrin and the Lishkas Hagazis, vis-a-vis the Beis Hamikdash, is this checking of Yichos. So we'll say, watch this, this is incredible. So the Gemara says, Shama Sanhedrin shall Yisrael Yosheves Vedanas HaKohanim. The Sanhedrin would sit there and they would judge. Umisha Nimsa Baal somebody who was found to be Pasal. Pasal in his lineage. Hayalove Shchorim, Umis Atif Shchorim. But listen to this. He would wrap himself in black. V'yotze v'holichlo. And he would leave the base Hamikdash wrapped in black. So I will say, V'shalo Nimsa Baal And someone who was, who was found that there was no Pasal. Hayalove Shlevanim. He would put on white. Umis Atif Levanim. And he would go ahead and wrap himself in white. And he would go and serve with his brother in the carnival. So two things that are interesting about this. Number one, number one, what a, what, it almost seems like a public shaming, right? The guy walks into the Sanhedrin for his lineage check. It's not his fault. Oh, we found, we found something in your father and your grandfather and your grandmother, whatever it is. You wrap him in black and you said it's such a, such a public display. But say, so you begin to see how important Yichos for the Kahuna is. It actually was the goal of the Sanhedrin to actually make a public statement because it is incredibly important to know, incredibly important to know ultimately again who is Jewish and who is Jewish, who is a Kohen and who is not. Who is a Kohen and who is not? And it matters on so many different levels. You think you're right, your neighbor's always been a Kohen. Sanhedrin goes out and vets his lineage. There's a problem. You've been giving him your truma for the last 20 years. You have to know that you can't give him your truma anymore. So if, if there was found to be a problem in the Yichos, it was actually dealt with in a public way. So the other interesting observation here, I think is as follows. If you notice the contrast, so it says, Mishan himself of psul, right? Someone who they found the psul in, right? A, a, a genealogical blemish. They would wrap him in black, he'd walk out of black. It's interesting. Vishalon nimtza psul. Someone who they did not find a psul in, ultimately, again, so say, what, I would have thought, what if it is said? Mishanim, so what should it say? Mishanim, so what? Kosher. So we'll say it's a good din in humility. It's a very good din in humility. It doesn't say mission in Sakasha. Because we'll say at the end of the day, if we truly introspect, who amongst us could deem ourselves as a kosher? Right? As a kosher. As, as, let alone glot. Right? Who, who, could, who amongst could deem ourselves as a kosher? Sometimes the best way to view yourself is, hopefully today, lo nimtza bo psul. Right, Baruch Hashem, hopefully today I didn't do anything disqualifying. It maintains a good sense of humility because kashrus means you've arrived, right? Kashr means I'm, I'm here. We never arrive. We never, ever arrive. We're always trying to become kasher, but the path to kashrus ultimately begins by lo nimtza bo psul, 
by making sure that I haven't done anything which is disqualifying today. So the Gemara goes right there. Bose. Now the whole point of that is fascinating from this was that we see that the Kohen Gadol has a chamber on the north side. Rabose, I gave it away a little bit. I even told myself I wouldn't do this. The, the, the Lishka, remember again, I told you, but you're going to forget it, which I, by the looks, many of you did already. And so, 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 so again, so I, I, I mentioned to you that the Lishkas Ha'etz was the Lishkas Parhedron. Remember again, the Gemara doesn't say that. The only chamber the Gemara identified over here, well, okay, let me see differently. Right now, what the Gemara just proved to us was that the Kohen Gadol has a chamber on the northern side. So the Gemara says, Achas Bedarum. So now we know that the Kohen Gadol has a chamber on the northern side. He also has a chamber on the southern side. Achas Bedarum. See, the Gemara is kind of presupposing that we know that Lishkas Ha'itz is the Lishkas Parhedrin. Now the Kohen Gadol has a chamber on the southern side. Achas Bedarum Disnan. Shiva Sharm Hayu See, this is incredible. There were seven gates around the base Hamikdash. Gimel B'Tzafen, three on the north. Gimel B'Darom, three on the south. Va'achas B'Mizrach, and one ultimately by the east. Now, also, we're actually going to see there are more gates than that. There are actually more gates, but for now, we're talking about these seven primary gates. Seven, three in the, three in the, three in the east, sorry, three in the north, three in the south, one on the east. Now, let's go through them. Sheba Darom. So, I will say now, you could follow along. Again, remember, the south, just your geographic orientation, south is the bottom of this image. So the three gates we're going to talk about over here are Shar Hadlaka, Shenilo Shara Karban, Shlishilo Shar Hamayim. So we'll say the three gates we're looking at over here are Memzayin, Memches, Memtes, and Nun. I know that I just named four of them. Now we'll say, but you begin to see, so that's what I'm saying, there, there are more gates over here. So if you notice again, Memzayin is not mentioned as the Shara Elyon, we'll come to that. Memches is the Shar Hadlaka. Now interestingly enough, Rashi over here says, I don't know what this gate was for. If you look at Rashi, he says, Sharad Laka, Shara Karban, Loya Dati Lama Nikrashmam Kach. I don't know why they're called that. Now, in fact, the Gemara is going to explain later on. It's interesting that Rashi doesn't know why it's called that. We're going to see the honorable say the Sharad Laka was the gate through which they would bring the wood, which is interesting. Consider the fact that where was the wood stored? Both said the wood was stored in box Yud, right? That was the Lishkas Ha'itzim. So it is fascinating to see that they bring the wood almost in from, I guess what we'll call like the southmost southwest gate. And they bring it all the way to the northeast corner. Okay, whatever. So the Gemara said, not, not whatever, I didn't mean it like that. But I, whatever the logic was, that's where they, that's where they brought in the wood. Next, Shavosai was, that was Shahad Laka. Next was Sharha Karban. Shavosai, you can see over here, Shara Karban. Shara Karban is going to be... Uh, well, actually, we'll see where Sharha Karban is. It's really what the Gemara is going to call Sharha Bechoros. That's Memtes, Memtes on your sheet. And Shlishilo, Sharha Mayim. And Nun is Sharha Mayim. So we'll say, so it's really Memches, Memtes, and Yud. So Memches, Sharha Dlaka, Memtes, what the, it's labeled over here, Sharha Bechoros. Because we'll say, ultimately, again, that's where they would bring in the Bechar animals. But the Gemara here is calling it Sharha Karban, right? The, the gate of the Karban. And number three, Sharha Mayim. We'll say, now, why was it called Sharha Mayim? Sharha Mayim is because that's where they brought in the water for Nisuch Hamayim on Sokis. So incredible. So we'll say, so again, you see, oh, this is my place. So, right, we're talking about these three gates over here. Memchas, Memtesdon. That's why I mentioned to you there are more gates. The Gemara is not talking about Shara Elyon or Mem Zayin right now, but these three gates. Good. So the Gemara says, 
What about the northern gates? Or I'm sorry, the eastern gates? So I will say, this is over here, now just to throw you a little bit, we're talking about this gate. It's Chaf Gimel. You can see on the key, Shar Nikanor. Then I will say, if you notice on the picture over here, it's a little bit small. It's a little bit small. But if you notice again, Chaf Gimel, Shar Nikanor, we're going to see there was one major door, one very large door, and two small doors, one to the right and one to the left of the larger doors. So I will say, there was only one gate in the east called Shar Nikanor. So the Gemara says, Shebed Darum, I'm sorry, Shebed Mizrach Shar Nikanor. Ushtei Lishkos Hayusham, and I will say, when you went through Sharnikanor, there were two small chambers, one to the right and one to the left. One was the chamber of Pinchas, the one who clothed the Kohanim, and one was the chamber in which they made the Chavitin. I will remember again, the Chavitin was the special mincha offered up by the Kohen Gadol. He, he made it, he offered it up every day. And every, we did this in Shkala. But remember again, every Kohen would offer the Chavitin at least once. When? On his first day, his day of inaugural service. So just to see, these are the two chambers. The chambers we're referring to over here are Chav Vav and Chav Hei. And you can see over here on the key, Chav Vav is Lishkas Osei Chavitin and Chav Hei is Lishkas so I will say, see, see over here, you go through Sharnikanor. I'm sorry, I don't know if this is helpful that I'm holding this up or not. But you go through Sharnikanor in Chav Gimel. And again, if you go right, you get to Chav Hei, the Lishkas Chavitin. You go left, you get to the Lishka of Pinchas Hamalabish. Incredible. Incredible. So the Gemara says, What about the gates in the north? So I will say, now we're on the top over here. What about the gates on the north? Sharnitzutz. So I will say, first one was the Sharnitzos, which I will say literally means the gate of the ray. The ray, now the ray of sun. I will say, what was unique about this? This was Binyan Achsadra Haya. This was actually a large structure. The Aliyah Binuya Alo Al Gabov. And there was a large Aliyah. There was a large upper story there as well. Visham Kohanim Shomer Milamala, Olevim Milamata. And ultimately, again, the Kohanim and the Levim would stand guard on top of that particular structure. Now, I will say, remember again, not literally stand, or not standing guard alt security, but standing guard alt covet, right? The Gemara will discuss that there was like an honor guard, you know, by the, uh, by the base HaMikdash, that the base, the, the home of HaKadosh Baruch the palace of the Ribbon Sha'olam, should never remain unguarded. So, I will say, so just so you see, right now in this picture, this is, this is Memdalib. Well, Memdalib is the Aliyah. Mem Gimel is the gate, right? So, I will say, this is this structure over here, Sharhanitzos. So you can see over here, there's the gate. And then ultimately, again, the reason why it's a large square is ultimately, again, because it was a structure. The upper story of this structure is where the Kohanim and the Levim would go ahead and stand guard. Good. And I will say, interestingly enough, or as she says, the, 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 the Bach changes this to Pesach Haya Lo Lechel. So also remember again, if you walked out of the Sharha and Nitzos, right? If you walked out of this particular gate out of Mem Gimel, so I'm going to say, think about this. We saw this before. Remember, you walk out of the Sharha Nitzos. Where are you? You're in the Chel. What's the Chel? Remember again, the Chel. Remember this, this brown dotted line. What do we call that? Remember again, that's the Soreg, right? That's the fence that enclosed the Beis Hamikdash. The brown line all around. It's the broken line all around. In between the fence and the actual structure of the Beis HaMikdash is an area called the Chel. 
Then they're called the Chel. It's an unconsecrated, well, it's an unconsecrated area right outside of the base of Amitish. So the Gemara is just saying if you were to go ahead and walk outside of the Shah Hanitzot, ultimately again you would be by the Chel. So the Gemara says as follows. So if you, so if, so if you keep going, if you keep kind of, or if you keep going east, so again, in Membeis, you have Shara, well, again, what we call Shara Karban, Shara Karban, and then you have, if you skip, then Dirose, as I mentioned before, there's more gates that are being mentioned. Mem Aleph is what's called Shar Hanoshim, we'll talk about that later. And then Mem, you have Shar Hamokad, or Base Hamokad, Shar Hamokad. Now, also remember again, we spoke about the Base Hamokad, that's this chamber over here. That's the very large chamber with four smaller chambers that opens up into the middle of it. There was a fire that was burning in the middle, that's where the Kohanim went to warm themselves. So the Gemara says, Vitanya, Chamish Tevilos Va'asara Kidushin Tova Kwangadol Umaktish Bawiyam. We'll say we're going to learn that over the course of Yom Kippur, this is, this is really incredible. Over the course of Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol would go ahead and immerse himself five times in the mikvah, the Asari Kiddushin, and he would sanctify, which we're going to see means Kiddush Adayim V'Raglayim, ten times. Omekadesh Bolayom, the Kulan B'Kodesh, Agag Beis HaParva. And I will say, interestingly enough, all of the consecrations, right, and all of the tevilos were done on the rooftop of the Beis HaParva, which I will say again, goes back for just a second, is going to be Yudchas. Well, so that's the beginning of this Gemara. We had this over here, right? By the Lishka Sabatinas. That's our rooftop mikvah. We're going to see, we actually have a couple of rooftop mikvahs, but that's the rooftop mikvah referring to. So everything that Kohen Gadol did, all of the immersions, took place over here in this cluster of Yudtas, Yudchas, or I should say, Tesvav, Tesvav, Tesayin, Yudzayin, Yudchas, Yudtas. So the Gemara says as follows. Chutz Mizush Haisavachal, with the exception of one tevilah which took place in an unconsecrated area, Agabi Sharhamayim, Obitzad Lishkaso Haisa, and this other mikvah was by his chamber. So we'll say, you see over here that the Kohen Gadol had a chamber on the south side as well. So we'll say, the, this whole geography lesson on the base of Mikdash was just to reinforce the Gemara's point that there were two chambers which belonged to the Kohen Gadol, one on the south side and one on the north side. Now, we'll say, here's what's interesting. The two clusters we are referring to are here, here, and here. So now we've got a chamber on the, on the north side, a chamber on the south side. So the Gemara says, interestingly enough, Velo Yedana, the Abba says, so now that we established that, what don't I know? Velo Yedana, I ishkas parhedrin bitzafen, velishkas beis avatinas bedarum, olishkas beis avatinas bitzafen, velishkas parhedrin bedarum. So I'll say, here's what we know. We know that the Kongogo had two chambers. One, and we know their names. One was called Lishkas Parhedrin. One was called Lishkas Beis Avatinas. What don't, and I know what, I know what. One was in the north and one was in the south. What don't we know? What don't we know? Which one was in the That's why I said it's a little bit anticlimactic. Because again, we have, you know, the final answer is reflected on this. But don't, don't look at the key just yet. So now, now you know again, two, two chambers, one in the north, one in the south. One is Lishkas Parhedrin, one is Lishkas Avatinas. I just don't know which one is where. So I'll say this is incredible. Umistabra, the Lishkas Parhedrin Bedaram. They both say, so listen to what, listen to the Havim of the Gemara. It must be that the Lishkas Parhedrin is in the south. Right? It must be that Lishkas Parhedrin, both say, is in this cluster over here. Right? This bottom cluster. Right? We're just, you understand, we're looking at Tesvav, I'm sorry, Tesvav, 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 It must be Lishkas Parhedrin is in this bottom one. Why would you say that? I'll say, listen to this. My timer. 
Maktim koi This is really incredible. Because let's think about this in just a moment. The koin gadol may wake up in the morning. So what's the first thing the koin gadol does in the morning? He has to, he has to take care of his bodily needs. Right? So that's the, that's the first order of business. So he goes ahead, goes to the bathroom. Vitavil. And after going to the bathroom, he goes to the immersion in the mikvah. Va'azil itzafon v'gamar chafina. So Rebbe says, now listen to this. Let's assume for a moment over here, the lishkas parhedron is in this bottom cluster. Right? Let's assume that for a moment. So that makes sense. He wakes up in the morning, and remember you're going to both say, in circle yudches, in circle yudches, you have the mikvah on top of the base parva. So it makes sense. You wake up in the morning, first thing you do is you go to the mikvah. Okay. Then what happens next? Va'azil itzafon. So say, this is not about even Yom Kippur. This is talking about during the seven days sequestering, the training process. Wake up in the morning, go to the mikvah, which is right on your rooftop. Then what? Rebbe say, now watch, trace, trace the steps. Then go north, right? Travel to the north. Go to the top over here, where you'll go to, let's assume that Beis Avatinas is over here. Learn the Chafina, learn the Ketores. Okay. Then what happens? Then I'll say, where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? You go, let's see the from the back. You go here. You go into the Beis Avatinas to do your Avoda. Fantastic. Then what happens? Do your Avoda the entire day. Now comes the evening. They sprinkle upon him the waters of the Paraduma. Vahadir Azil Dalon Vitavil. So then Rabbi say, what happens after they sprinkle the Paraduma? Remember again, both when you get sprinkled with the waters of the Paraduma, what does that make you into? Right? Well, that makes you tummy, right? So what do you have to do now? What do you have to do now? You have to go back to the mikvah. No problem. Where's the mikvah? Go right back down here. And then Rabbi say, it makes sense. Vinayich. Now Rabbi say, then it makes sense if what? If after going to the mikvah, what does the coin gadol do? Right? It's been a long day. He goes to sleep. So it makes sense if Lishkas Parhedrin is here. Because listen to this. You wake up in the morning, go to the mikvah, listen to the day. This is the seven days sequestering. Start your day, then go north, get trained in the Ketores, then go to the Beisam Mikdash, go ahead and do your avodah for the day, then get sprinkled with the orders of the Paraduma, go back to the mikvah, and then go to sleep. And this is where your day ends. So mikvah, your day ends over here. Says the Gemara, otherwise... Otherwise, the Gemara says, because we'll say, listen to this. If you're going to tell me that Lishkas Parhedrin is here, Abosai, in the Tzafon, in the north, then look what the Kohen Gadol's days looks like. Then listen to this. So, Maktim Kayu Mesech Raglov, Va'azul Adalon V'Tavil, V'Gamar Chafina, Va'asil Abes HaMikdash. So, we'll say, that means then, the Kohen Gadol wakes up. We'll say, now watch this. He wakes up. He relieves himself. Where does he go to the mikvah? Down here. Right, so he's going to go ahead now and take care, take care of the, take care of the, um, take care of the ketores. Right, so he wakes up, goes to the mikvah, does the ketores here, goes to the beis hamikdash, gets sprinkled with the waters of the paraduma, has to go back to the mikvah, and then what? Now has to go back to his lodging. The gemara says that's a really circuitous route. Right, why are you making him go all over the place? So the gemara says vahadra azil ledarim betavil uboy because he said now at the end day he has to go back to the mikvah in the south, and then he has to go back up north, right? He has to go back, no, up north, and he has to go back to the base, top of the base, to go to sleep. That doesn't make sense. So the Gemara says, are we going to make the... So we'll see, you hear what's happening over here? If you hold that Lishkas Parhedrin, ultimately, again, is in the south, the day is structured very seamlessly. Wake up, go to the mikvah, right? So mikvah is right next to where you say, wake up, go to the mikvah, go take care of the ketores, go to the base of the mikdash, come out of the base of the mikdash, get sprinkled with water of Paraduma, go back to the mikvah, go to sleep. If you say the Lishkas Parajan is in the north, then what happens? Wake up, 
go to the mikvah. Now it's true. Beis Avatina is here, so you can do the Ketoris here. Go to the Beis HaMikdash, right? Come out, get sprinkled, go to the mikvah, and go back up. It just seems so much more circuitous. To which the Gemara says, Maybe, in fact, we want it to be circuitous. We'd like it to be a little bit more difficult for the Kohen Gadol. Why? So the Gemara says, I both say, this is incredible. Because if it becomes incredibly inconvenient, if he is a tzaduki, he will go... He will go ahead and give up on this. As Rabbi said, remember again, you see this chashash, this incredible concern that the Kohen Gadol may be a tzaduki. So the assumption is that the tzadukim are not as committed to their theology as we are to ours. So if the Kohen Gadol is a tzaduki and you're making him run all over the place, and literally Rabbi is going back and forth in the course of a day, the tzaduki is going to say, who needs this? Who needs this? But I both say, ultimately, again, if he's not a tztuki and he's a true Jew, then ultimately, again, the tircha will not go ahead and cause him to jump ship, which I both say is such an incredibly profound insight. How do you know if you're a truly committed Oved Hashem? What do you do? What do you do when things become a bit circuitous? Right? What do you do when things become a bit difficult or inconvenient? Do I give it up? Do I say too tired, too hard, too overwhelming, too inconvenient? Or do I stick with it? But say that is, see, to be an Ovid Hashem, when things are easy, so okay, any, anybody could do that. But when Yiddishkeit, when my day becomes a bit circuitous, overwhelming and a bit taxing, so do I stick with it or do I give it up? That's the true litmus test of one's commitment. Incredible. So the Gemara goes right there. Inami, furthermore, Shalot Hazuach, die to our love. Shalot say, furthermore, again, you know, you know how we make the coin Gadol run around a little bit? To keep him humble. Because Shalot say, if you're the coin Gadol, you're, pretty, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, right? Remember again, you're sequestered seven days, right? So I, I, you, everybody's waiting on you, right? The, the, the elder members of the Sanhedrin, ultimately again, the members of the Kahuna, the Kahuna everybody's committed to you. So in order to keep the coin God a little bit humble, what do we do? We have him run around a little bit. <laughs> in other words, you're going to go here, you're going to go there, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. In order to show you are a certain... See, say, what does that show? How does that keep a person humble? Because what does it show the coin God? What does it show? You are a servant of the people. See, I was saying, leaders, at least in Yiddishkeit, their greatness is not their own. Their greatness is by dint of the fact that they serve the cloud. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu by the Chita Egel, right? Jews built the Egel, Moshe Rabbeinu was sitting on Har Sinai, conversing with the Moshe Rabbeinu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu say, Leich reid kishichei samcha. Get out of here. Get, get out of here. Because at the end of the day, your nation has corrupted itself. And the Gemara says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu speak that way to Moshe Rabbeinu. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? Because Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness was only a function of the cloud. If the cloud divested itself of Kiddusha, Cheshbarach so says to Moshe, what do I need you for? So the Kohen Gadol, he doesn't have independent greatness. His greatness is vis-a-vis the cloud. So ultimately, again, to keep him humble, to show you're only here, or you're only great, because you serve, which I will say, such an incredible Yisod as well. Our personalistic greatness stems from what we are able to contribute to the cloud. If I just live for myself, I could acquire some level of personalistic greatness, but I'll hit a ceiling. I'll be stunted. But if I live a life for the cloud, I give to the cloud. That's where my true personalistic greatness comes from. The Gemara goes like there. Inami tiskile bechado. So the Gemara says. Furthermore, again, inami tiskile bechado. Ultimately, again, the Gemara says. 
Furthermore, right? Look at Rashi. Inami afilu adam kasher utov ani latricha shlot azuach taito alav leiskalas bekeser kuhuna. Good. So the Gemara goes right there. Varmula ishik koin gadol. So what's the Gemara says? Koin gadol. Ishik koin gadol. You are. So remember again, the Gemara said the Gemara. The lashon of the Mishnah was the shluche based in say to the Kohen. We are the Shluche Beisdin, and you are our Shaliach. So the Gemara says, this is incredible. Leima tevet yuftu Rafuna braid Rav Yoshua. Dama Rafuna braid Rav Yoshua. Both say this would refute Rafuna. What did Rafuna say? Dama Rafuna braid Rav Yoshua. Hani kohani Shluche dirachmananinu. The kohanim, they are the agents of the Ribano Shalolam. This is what Rafuna said. So both say this is a machlokas. Who do the kohanim work for? Do the, are the Kohanim the representatives of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the Klal, or are they the representatives of the Klal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So Rabbi Yeshua holds that Kohanim are the representatives of the Ribana Shalolam, right? So the Gemara, says, the Gemara says, our Mishnah clearly disproves that fact. Because remember, we're going to both say, what did the Zikne Beisdin say to the Kohen Gadol? We are the agents of the Beisdin, and you are our agent. So clearly, again, they are depicting the role of the Kohen Gadol, not as the agent of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the Klal, but the agent of the Klal, ultimately to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because if you want to say that the Kohenim are our Shluchim, Ahmed Beis, perfect timing, good, we've got Ahmed Beis, good. Your Shliach could only do what? What you yourself can do, right? Your shaliach, the shaliach can be no stronger than the mishaleach, right? Which makes sense. The agent can no be, who, who, what's the name of the person who appoints the agent? Isn't there a name for that guy? Principal. principal, thank you, right? The agent could be no stronger than the principal. So the fact that the coin Gadol could do things that I can't do must indicate that what? So we'll say, so again, how could, what the Gemara is just bothered by, how could you say that the Kohen Gadol is our Shaliach? He can't be our Shaliach, because he could do things that I can't do. To which the Gemara says, you're right. When they say you're our Shaliach, what they mean is as follows. They say, What they're saying to him is, Kohen Gadol, when we adjure you, when we give you this oath, we give you this oath based on our understanding of this oath. So that's what they mean when they say, we're the Shaliach of Beisdin, or we are here, to administer an oath to you. And the oath is that you will conduct yourself in conformance with halacha, not like a tzduki. And when we go in and we, we give you this oath, we give you this oath, you take this oath based on our understanding of the oath and not based on your understanding of the oath. Incredible. So say after the oath, everybody cries. Right? The Kohen Gadol cries, the Ziknei Beisdin cry. Why is this so profound? Kohen Gadol cries, why? He cries over the fact that they suspect him of being a tzaduki. Right? He, he cries that they suspect him. And they, cry, they, they separate and cry, why? As say, if you, they cry because the aloha is if you suspect innocent people of wrongdoing, ultimately, again, you are punished physically. So they cry that they have to suspect him and he cries that they suspect him. The Kol Kach Lama, and both say, so why do you have to do this whole process, right? Why do you have to make the Kohen Gadol take an oath that he's going to do the Avod on Yom Kippur in accordance with the way they teach him? Here we go. So both say very quickly, one of the, the fundamental dispute between what we call the Tztukim and the Purushim, right? The Tztukim are the people who rejected Torah Shabbat, the Purushim accepted it. 
the fundamental machokis when it comes to Yom Kippur is how do you do the avodah of the Ketores? The Tzedukim held that the way you do it is you place the Ketores on the coals before you go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. You go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim with the smoke of the Ketores. We know that is incorrect. Torah Shabbat teaches us that no, you only do the avodah of the Ketores inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So the Kohen Gadol walks in with the fire pan of coals and with the ladle of Ketores and puts them together in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. That was the fundamental dispute. So turn around, Abba, listen to this story. Shabbat it once happened that a Tzeduki was Kohen Gadol. It happened. And Mamish, this Tzeduki corrupted the avodah of the Ketores. He corrupted it. And I will say, he put the Ketores on the coals outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, outside of the Holy of Holies. And what happens? simcha He comes, what's, what's incredible about this story, I will say, is what? Is what? He came out. Interestingly enough, he came out of the Kodesh HaKadoshim alive, and he was incredibly happy. Why was he so happy? Because I will say, he felt such an accomplishment. He, got the, he had the ability, the opportunity to do the Avodah as he thought it was supposed to be done. I will say, what happens? Pagaba Aviv. So he ran into his father. So Amrlo Abni, Afa Pishatzdukin Anu, Misyarin Anu Minaprushim. So I will say, this is so profound. The father says to his son, calm down. Calm down. Stop being so overly joyous. Even though we're tzdukim, we have to be concerned about the prushim. So say, listen to this. You know what the father was saying to his son? say, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the neshama knows what's right and knows what's wrong. So the son is all happy that he, we'll just take one more minute. The son is all happy that he got to do the avodah as he thought the avodah was supposed to be done. And his father, meanwhile, was saying, say, we hide behind contrived hashkafas all of the time, right? No one ever does anything wrong. I just create a new ideology. I just create a new ism. I just create a new hashkafa. And this new hashkafa allows me to do. So the son had his new hashkafa and he did what he wanted to do. He comes out and the father says, Ay, va, va, you did it? You actually did it? I know we always said this is our hashkafa, but you actually now did it? You actually did this? So Amrlo, so the son said, All my life, we'll say, borrowing the phrase from Rabbi Akiva, all my life I was mitzter, I had I paint over this Pasik, because the Pasik says by the Ketores, with the cloud of the Ketores, I will come into the Kaporas of the Aron. And I always wondered, when will I be able to fulfill the Pasik as we say it has to be fulfilled? Namely, placing the Ketores on the coals outside, going in to the Kodesh HaKadoshim with the cloud. So apparently the son was a bit more idealistic than the father. Right? The son, the son was Mamish Aprush Tzeduki Lishma. Right? He, he, Mamish believed in this. It was only a couple of days that went by until the Kohen Gadol was, de- was dead. His body was thrown into the garbage dump. And there were worms coming out of his nose. V'yish Omrim, others say, B'yitzi'aso nigaf. Others say that right when he came out of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, he was killed. The Tani Rabbi Chiyah, Kamen kol nishma ba'azara. When he came out of the, when he came out of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, there was a sound that was heard in the courtyard. Sheba malach v'chavto al-panav. A malach came through this coin gadol down on his face. V'nichneso echav ha-kohanim. And upon hearing the noise, the other kohanim came in. U'matso b'kaf regal egel b'nk seifav. And they saw the shape of a hoof print 
on the back of this coin Godol Shene Emar Faraglehem Regal Yeshara Vekaf Rablein Kikaf Regal Egal. So we'll say whatever this means, but the Pasik in Yechezkel says that the Malachim have a rounded hoof like a calf. So the coin Gadol was all excited that he went ahead and he did the Avodah like Kitsuki, and unfortunately, again, he met this tragic demise. Right, Tabasa, we'll have to stop over here. I'm sorry, we're doing Amir Tzashem, we'll have Shabbos, we'll go through the rest of the daf. Incredible, incredible Gemara tomorrow. Tabasa, Yashikoyach. Shabbos, you're a good Shabbos.